In this discussion, we'll be focusing on how international schools engage key stakeholders, including their parents' community, uh, and what effective communication strategies, best practices they have used to date, and the outcomes of these across the key stakeholders of their schools. A key focus of this discussion will also be on sharing actionable and practical tips and strategies that each guest has used at their current and previous schools, with the conversation also touching on where they think the future of school communications is headed. So yeah, delighted to be joined by all of you. Uh, thank you for thank you for taking the time. And um, jumping straight into the first question, um, why is effective school communications and specifically parental communications so important um, in a school or international school setting? Who'd like to jump in with that one? I can go if you like. <laughs> Do you want to take it in turns, or I'll just tell you what I think? <laughs> go for it, Sharon. Okay, so for me as a parent, I am a parent of three. Um, I want to be treated with care and attention. I want to have that feeling of warmth and a feeling of belonging and a sense of community. So I think with that in mind, that's what we try to do at our school is to make sure that those parents and those new families or anybody in the school, retention or recruitment wise, we are looking after that, their feelings. Um, and so communications is, is just key to that, is making sure that they're feeling informed, they're feeling part of the community, they're feeling part of the family, um, and that they trust us. And that, for me and for us at our school, is the most important thing is trust. And that if we communicate fluidly with our parents, the trust just falls into place. And so that is why uh, my job as such is, is to make sure that that communication flow is good, is effective, is efficient, and has that touch of care and love and, and family feel that we, we all want to feel. So that for us is, and why it makes our school so successful as well, is that family feel and that community feel and making sure everybody's involved. I, I would I would totally agree. I feel exactly the same way. And I think the piece that maybe isn't as ob obvious for the listeners is the fact that, you know, the international circuit, the amount of transitions that our parents and our families go through um, and the fact that they've left um, loved ones, family in their home country um, means that building that family, that community, that instant family is so important in an international school so that they feel part of part of uh, the, the the school community because that essentially is their uh, their extended extended family yeah. i'd also i'd also say the um that transparency is also hugely important and i know that'll come up throughout you 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 mentioned Sharon about building trust building trust and making sure that everything that is everything is being communicated so that that you have that transparency that so that they understand where they where their role in in being part of that family is yeah i agree um so uh for me co uh, communication uh and parental communication is an integral part of your of the brand the same way that you have your um your visual guides and um, your logos and parental communication is really a part of this. And one thing that you mentioned is that um, international school is very special in that way is that it's a tiny community and um, your parents are your best ambassadors. And um, 
we always say that the most effective marketing strategy is word of mouth and is what your parents say about you and um, how you communicate to them in turn. If they trust you through your communication, they will talk about your school and they will be your best advocates. So uh, effective parental communication um, for us is completely central. It's really at the center of our overall marketing strategy. It, it starts with that for us, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just being the last one to talk, I, I definitely agree with what everyone has said in this conversation. I believe we're very much aligned with our objectives when it comes to communication. And I, I think we're all in the same situation. We have this international communities and they are in a very similar situation where they've left, they've left their home countries, they feel lonely and schools are also a place for them to build community and communication is critical to that part. And of course, whatever is done at school and however our families feel will permeate into our reputation, hence impact on, um, on our business, on our marketing strategies as well. So at our school, we, what we do is um, we've adopted the strategic enrollment management philosophy. And it's definitely also uh, critical and it's, it's part of the core of what we do and marketing and communications as well. Excellent. And that, that sort of nicely moves me on to my second point, actually. And Elizabeth, it'd be great <laughs> to hear a little bit more about that. Um, and my question would be to, to each of you, you know, what, what are some of the key strategies um, and, and tools that each of you have developed um, that have worked in your individual school settings um, or you found a really great, you know, to be really impactful um, to ensure that all stakeholders are communicated with um, effectively? Um, and there may be some strategies that, that maybe you tried that maybe didn't have the desired impact that, that you had and maybe why 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 that was perhaps um, but yeah it'd be great to hear some of some of your own stories as to, as to those different strategies and um, Elizabeth I don't know just you know you mentioned your your, your previous strategy there um, that your school has um, do you want to just sort of maybe start with elaborating on that that a bit? Uh, happy to so strategic enrollment management um, is a philosophy that oversees the entire process of acquiring, I, not acquiring, but enrolling and the, the experience that families overall have through their time in school and what happens when they leave. And they call it input, throughput, output. And I'm happy to share more of that information uh, with the group, but there's, it's like five days, it's like five days of training. To, to understand and really get this philosophy, but and simply put in words, it's just three steps in which you elaborate what happens through that through that journey. Input, throughput, output is what happens when it, it's, it's maybe the marketing part and the community out, uh, outward facing communications part and their and the family's experience and enrollment or admit during the admissions process. Once ha what happens once they're at school, what's their experience like, and once they leave also, it's, it's, it's a critical part how people leave the school. We often don't think about how our parents move on or why they move on, but that's also very, very important <clears throat> to this philosophy and because it permeates into your reputation and, and the future of your business. 
Um, in general terms where we are now, it's it's very chaotic. And our head of school had mentioned that she has not been at a school <laughs> where where communication was not an issue because it means different things to different people. Um, if you throw out a serve, if you throw a survey out there and you ask a simple question, uh, please rate our communications. Someone might rate it if it's a scale from one to five, and one being the, the strongly disagree and highly agree. If you ask, do you think our communications are effective? And if you are rated with a zero or with a one, that might be that a parent um, was expecting an email from a teacher and never got it. So it means different things for different people. They might not be talking about our systems. But into strategy, it's, it's a time of transition for our school. Um, and not just transition from into COVID, out of COVID, but also transitioning from, from heads of school. So we have a different, uh, the whole different administrative core at, at a high level. And that has brought with it a new vision and, of course, new systems. So we switched from, and for different reasons, very valid reasons, we switched from, we, we switched three core platforms of a school. We switched our website to Final Site, which is a very well-known platform that has also an internal portal and is critical to information that is for families who are not yet part of the community. We switched to Veracross, which is also like Renweb. We switched from uh, Renweb to Veracross for several reasons. And, and if you're not using it yet and you're in Renweb, I highly suggest Veracross. It's it's a powerful, powerful tool. And uh, lastly, we switched from Canva and another system that I can't remember to um, Secta. So right now we're in a transition phase where we're developing strategies. So what I did in the past but did not have time to execute because we went into COVID mode um, was that I mapped communications. And what that means is that I know in average how many emails parents are getting through which media they're getting it. And um, I am, I'm actually in the process of renewing this. So what I need to understand right now to actually generate a new strategy, because that's, that's where we're going, right? It's a strategy. Hmm. is I need to understand where parents are getting the information, where teachers are generating this information. Because they're, they've gone through a learning curve, I'm not sure if they're actually using SECTA, which is a platform they are supposed to be using, if they're sending regular emails to parents. So first, I seek to understand the overall picture, just renew what, what has been done so I can put in place um, different systems and reach um uh get just get it get our our leadership to permeate this messages through our teachers hmm. so we have a more unified communication but yes it is challenging i'll say that it's 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 a challenge but it's a challenge that i love <laughs> um <clears throat> but it's a learning curve for everyone because we we've just been with secta one semester and the expectation is for everyone to receive academic information through the systems. And parents are also learning. So it's not your, not just your staff, but hmm. parents learning to log in and, and wanting to do it. So I think we've had a very low percentage of parents who haven't logged in yet into the systems. But that's also a possibility. 
Um, so yes, right now the strategy is to understand what people are doing in both ends, both parents and our staff, and generate next steps for that to be successful. I know it sounds a little bit early, but that's where we're at right now. Fantastic. And I suppose that education piece is so key, isn't it, for parents as well? Um, yeah, it'd be great to hear um, some of the other guests. Sharon, what about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Um, so one, yeah, one thing that we just need to put out there is that um, parental, uh, parent communication and communication in general is an area that no one is ever happy at every school I've been at, if you ask, it's always no one. It's always the area that oh, everyone has something to say about it. It's always, it's too much. It's not enough. It's not how I want it. It's not. So just like to everyone listening, just know that um, we all share that. It's like, don't worry if you feel like it's a mess in your school. I would say it's the it's the case in every single school. Um, Similar to what Lisbeth would, would say, um, said, I, I would say that one thing that is very helpful, uh, one tip that I would give is to map out, uh, to really do that exercise, to map out um, over the course of a couple of months how, how much communication a parent gets. And keep in mind that a parent might have um, kids in three different sections. They might have a, a, a child in early years, in middle school, in high school. And of course, each and the bigger the school, the worse it gets because each section thinks very it, it thinks in the, its own silo, so to speak. So parents might get the same communication three times from different sections and completely different. So really try to map out and then see where you can cut. So what we did is that we did that exercise and then we looked, okay, they're getting the same thing. So instead of having everyone sending whatever message they want, let's create one template. And so what thing that we did is that we have a sectional, um, the principles update and um, that is sectional, but goes out once a week at the exact same time for all the sections. And they follow the same template. And we found that it, was way easier for parents because they expect it. They know when to ex when it's going to come to their inbox. And also they know what it's going to look like. And they know that this is the communication that they can always go back to. Um, so that was one thing that was very useful. Um, back to something that didn't work at my previous school. Uh, the feedback was that the parents were getting too many emails. So we tried to use a portal. So instead of sending everything to their inbox. They could log in into the portal anytime they wanted. Like <laughs> breaking news, it doesn't work. People say they want that, they just never log in. That was a huge failure. Parents just did not log in into a portal and then they were, the parents were complaining that they were not getting the message. So it just doesn't work. So email is still the best way to communicate to parents but we need to be very careful on how often we communicate and and if there's a way to kind of like I would say that in every school you can at least eliminate half of the messages that go out and it's about being strategic about those messages yeah oh I think Cyril, I, had a, I had a question for you how yeah. long because because that's actually what we're doing so how long did it take you to say it's a failure it did not work 
or what what were we, what were the 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 red flags so we did it over a year so the phase one was the the survey that was part of a strategic plan and uh part of that area that was flagged was parent communication and the the too many emails going out so um the phase one was the survey and okay it's not working phase two was implementing that portal and then we let it sit for a year with a check-in at three months six months nine months and 12 months and we used the data of the opening rate of you know informal feedback of another survey and after i would say after a year we pulled the plug deciding like it's just it's just not working the opening rate was something in the lines of 15% or something like this. So, I mean, if you just look at the opening rate after the first month, that would be a good indicator and good red flag. And then, you know, it, it becomes completely counterintuitive because then you have to send email reminding people to log into the portal. So then what's, you know, what's the point? So what's I would say the, the first red flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, because a, a newsletter usually has a, a readership rate of about, somewhere over 43 45 percent mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah so um for us at, at at my current school uh switching to that model of like sending the newsletter at the exact same time for all the sections um we jumped from an opening rate between 55 to over 70 percent which is like a very good opening rate um for we are a school of 1600 so i would say that's a very good opening rate so yeah, the same. Yeah. The sorry, same Karen. happened. Sorry, guys. The same happened to us as well with the with the newsletters. We, you know, we try to stick to our promise that um, we are all creatures of habit, and so you know, on a Friday at three o'clock, you're going to get that newsletter or your principal's update on a Monday or whatever, um, and that that works. And our click through rate as well was also um, much better. But we found that um, an app we uh, worked very hard on a, a parent app um, which was developed from scratch and was our own uh, thing with a company in the UK and this has helped us we've got 99% of parents um, using the app the open rates are probably not as high as we'd like to but as you say everybody communicates in a different way um, and wants that communication to be delivered in different ways but this is through notifications and email so they get the weekly update on a Monday, they get the newsletter on a Friday, um, and that's and they know that this is a one-stop shop for them to see everything. So they can see curriculum overviews, calendar dates, uh, any information that they need, menus, whatever is all there on one on this one-stop shop. So that for us has worked really well. But we are seeing, of course, that everybody wants a completely different system at different times. You know that tailor-making uh, way that we're all working towards and what the future is for me seems to be that way. Um, but one thing that we have done is just moving away from the platforms is, and also we have academic platforms. So we have Manage Back or Seesaw. So any academic news is, is given by the teachers through those platforms. So they know where to find the different pieces of information, homework or whatever. Um, but for us, it was the voice, the, the parent voice and having a strong parent association. And they helped us to develop the app. 
So they helped us with the information they want. And we refer back to them. We have a great executive team with PA represent parent association representatives in each grade level. And we we talk to them regularly. I mean, I'm with them nearly every day, but we talk to them regularly to ask them, is this working? Is this too much information? What three icons would you like to see more of at the top? So it's calendar dates, um, uh, useful links, uh, uh, contacts, for example. And so we're constantly improving the app so that it is tailor-made for each parent. I mean, it's not a fantastic system and it could be a lot better. And we're looking at that for a, a future as a group. As the North Anglia schools are looking to develop a, a whole group of app for parents. Um, but it certainly is a useful, hands-on, immediate information at your fingertips, uh, which has helped us a lot. But with the parent association execs, they have been fundamental. They really have been, for me, important. And that's why we keep them involved. We keep them, you know, in the loop about any communication. So we're changing the calendar. So what do you think about these holiday dates? What do you think about this? What do you think about ending term before um, normal? Or uh, what about parent-teacher conferences? How can we do them better? So we're constantly using them as our references and, and constantly using their focus groups and them as individual groups to, to help us in, in the communication flow. And we actually have like a 90, over 95, 96% approval ratings in the satisfaction surveys to say that they are the amount of information that goes out, general information is just right. But then it's the teacher-parent communication. That's where, like you were saying, that it's just not 100%. And we can't get all of our teachers to communicate in the same way. Now we, we have streamlined and we've done all the mapping and the strategy planning and everything. And we have seen that with the pl three platforms that we have, the teachers regularly post or we regularly send information through those platforms. But you are still going to get teachers that are, do not communicate about that magic moment in in the child's life or a child's learning process, um, and that's where our, our approval ratings go from sixty to seventy percent. And we're constantly trying, but you have to have so much influence over your teaching staff, and they're they're very busy people. So that's one of the challenges we face, and I'm sure you all face it as international schools. And I think it goes back to there's a, there's so much so much to talk about there. When Elizabeth was talking about um, getting um, all trying to get everyone on the same page, especially with the admin, um, big changes in admin there. I, I you you really it's it's really important to have the systems background or the you know systematic thinking. So that you're able to continue the work, the great work that's happened before, to go through those tra transitions and make sure that you come out of the other side not throwing everything out, but just improving what you're doing and making it um, better. There's a the, the, um, there's a huge uh, it's there's that balance between you want the parents to have the information that they need for their child or their children through the school. But at the same time, you want to be celebrating those whole school things as well. And I think that's a huge part. And and that's the challenge we we had. We were in, trying to individualize it by having the primary news and the secondary news and things like that. But we were realizing we were we we were forgetting about 
the the whole point of the communication is to celebrate that whole school. We're, it's international schools are amazing because, in general, international schools are right through from ELC to grade twelve, right the way through there. And that journey of the child, whatever age they are, whatever um, you know, whatever students, the whatever kids the parents have, to be able to celebrate the early years, to be able to celebrate the the senior class and everything in between through sports, through arts, through news from the school, through the education. It's important that they, I don't know, appreciate everything that happens in a school. And, and the challenge is, is if you individualize it, then you're missing out on that celebration of the whole. So it's, it's a real balance between those, those two pieces. I think, one other thing I wanted to say, and you were talking about it, um, Sharon, about the um, about the parent 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 input. It's it's absolutely huge to involve um, the parents, and we've got what we end what we've ended up doing is we had a newsletter that went out every week, which is what most people are doing with the with each section, each division having their own section within it, but. It's all been one email with everything in. It used to be an a link to to read more within each um, section, but yes, as everyone's pointed out till now, no one clicks on those links. So we've just made it a twenty page newsletter now, a bulletin that goes out each week. It's not twenty page because it's on email, so no one really knows how many pages it is. But it's 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 lengthy, <laughs> um, and and that that's a challenge. But at least it's all there. And those parents who want all of the information get all of the information. The people who just want the summary just reads the director's message at the top and stops scrolling. So, mm. but one thing that we've done, which I think has been huge, and it goes to that parent piece, is we've got PTA organized parent liaison WhatsApp groups. Yeah. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and the WhatsApp yeah. group, the WhatsApp group is the is the huge change because i think sometimes the the voice of the school needs to come through a different person or a different different that works uh, really well it does yeah and and so suddenly the parents who don't necessarily listen to the educators jargon kind of bulletin they want that short sharp instant whatsapp message saying remember that there's the um this event happening or how amazing was it that our basketball team did this this at the weekend or those short sharp pieces that mm. that that kind of bridge that gap a little bit more actually tony that's part of our strategy in our communications planning is that that we're reinforcing the messages through the whatsapp chats even though they're not our official channel and you have to be very careful with whatsapp because it can get very complicated but they are another way of reinforcing the message. So, and it's coming from a different voice. Uh, it's coming, hey, come along to the winter market tomorrow. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's those reminders that are again immediate, which are really useful. Yeah. Max, you put a team of communicators in that group. We're here <laughs> for the next three hours. I hope you know that. <laughs> I, I mean, this is fascinating. I think just just you know, getting these little tidbits that you guys are, are using in your school that have worked that haven't worked. I think uh, you know the, these sort of WhatsApp groups. It's um, it's very interesting, isn't it? That it's almost like a filter, isn't it? Immediately, so the 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 parents that don't want to 
read the 20 page or whatever it is, you know, newsletter, um, which has all the information in there and, and can can be the source for all the information you need if you have that, you know, if you want to go back and have that time to, to sit through. Um, it, it just filters out the key bits, doesn't it, of what they need to know that week or that month. Um, and yeah. We found a lot of members say say similar things that these WhatsApp groups are just absolutely vital for the majority of parents that are super busy and just want to get the absolute top headline. Yeah. And I, sorry, another thing as well, the need to know is is so important as well. It's it's mm. it's not it's the the ju- just right just now kind of um, piece. And mm. I think that's where when um, Elizabeth, I think it was talking about the the portal being a potential success that's when the the newsletters are going out every week and it's so much information but then it comes to that moment in time where the parent realizes oh i i should have read it all i didn't where can i go to get that information so having that portal mm-hmm. for those for that um that information that you can go back to over and over again you know it's there you know you can get it when you need it um how do you contact communications or how do i enroll another student or what events are happening when and where's the calendar those kind of pieces where you're constantly in the newsletter talking about all these things but it's redirecting them to a place that they can go to where Mm. whether it's Mm -hmm. the app whether it's the portal that they can go Mm -hmm. back to and get it when they realize that they actually did need it all along (laughs) yeah Yeah. great and what would you say some of the biggest mistakes that schools could make um with regards to sort of communication strategies um perhaps that you've come across that you've heard about um some sort of yeah things that that schools could potentially overlook so i think one thing is making sure we um in my previous school we went to um an external marketing company uh communications marketing company um that wasn't in the same country that we were in very close same same region but um i it's and they came to visit but they really didn't know how 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 things were done um and things became very generic very um stock image base and things like that and it just took the heart away from our school and even though they were an amazing company on paper it, the voice has to come from the school um, and it has to come from people within the school. Um, I think it was actually worse than having nothing, having someone do it that wasn't the, you know, the voice of the school and the the feel of the school. Um, and it became very impersonal, extremely professional, but extremely impersonal. And I think that that balance there, the parents just saw through it straight away um, and as we've said before, the international community is is vast, but it's so small when when you do something that you shouldn't have done. And so that was a big mistake that we made that was rectified. So, yeah, it's it's all about the personal touch and the the family approach. Yeah. It's that authenticity, isn't it? The, the trust, like we said before, that you have to be authentic. It can't be an external. You have to be the people on the ground, the people in, you know, being in front of the parents, the students, the the staff, it, it has to come from the heart, from, you know, those people there. But yeah, marketing companies are different in that way. Our biggest mistake has been in the past, people. So if your principal <laughs> or your um, heads of school are not communicative and don't want to communicate or don't feel that parents are, um, part of 
the community and part of the decision processes at school, then that's hard. That's really hard. And it really, really disrupts the whole plan of communications and and how people feel about you and your reputation starts to dwindle. And, you know, I've seen it. I've been there a few years ago um, and it didn't last long, thank goodness. But it is a very important aspect that your principal has to be that PR man or girl. You know, they, they have to be a public figure that is transparent, that has an open door policy all the time. You come and see me if you're concerned about anything. The heads of school, the grade level leaders, all of those people need to be people, people. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) I couldn't, yeah, (laughs) I couldn't agree more. It's not, I mean, it's not what necessarily what you say that is important is how you say it. And it goes back to that, authenticity your school you need to decide your voice your tone you need to decide the kind of school you want to be um and it goes back to uh having at the strategic level define the kind of school that you are are you uh the super academic excellent school are you the family feel school very inclusive school and then once you decide that you need to you need to get this buy in from all the stakeholders in your school that this the communication needs to stay that at every step of the way and uh if you decide that you are a very uh, family oriented school you need to uh, your communication to be um a celebration of everything that you, even the the smallest uh, victories for each student need to be celebrated. And that's a big mistake um, that schools do is that there's so many stakeholders and so many different people that communicate that sometimes it can look very inconsistent. And uh, I, I really do think that there needs to be uh, a training or a clear understanding from everyone in the staff of this is who we are, this is our school, and this is how we communicate. Maybe it is a communication policy. Maybe it is uh, a ghostwriter, uh, if you can have that uh, in your staff. Maybe it is uh, a cheat uh, sheet that says, okay, this is the kind of things that we say. Or maybe it's just, it's built into the culture of your school. You know, it's just how everyone communicates because this is, uh, because that's the kind of staff that you have and that you hire and that you know those are the people that are going to relay that message. Uh, consistency and authenticity. Uh, I say that's if you don't have that, it's a big mistake in your school communication. Yeah. We, we train our staff actually at the beginning of each year with an engage as one strategy where we talk about communications and how, you know, the communication flow should be seamless, should be uh, more. Mm-hmm empathetic caring um continuing on our our reputation you know was for for years to come hopefully and we've been bought out twice by big companies um and keeping that personality and that character within your school does help if you've got the right people in place it doesn't help if there's somebody comes in and becomes very corporate and just decides to do it all in a cookie cutter way uh, it, you lose your personality, you you lose that warmth that, you know, you've grown so many years, or you've been doing for so many years to grow and grow, and that's difficult too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Sorry, Elizabeth, I haven't let you speak. Elizabeth, any, anything you'd like to add there? <laughs> I'm just listening to everyone and you have such wonderful insights and I've heard some stories and places that we've already been there and I've heard some insightful things that I would love to do. Like take more advantage of our PTA. Like I'm I'm just thinking about how, <laughs> right now I'm just a little bit distracted thinking about how I am going to gather information from them. Um, but overall, just, I just I just agree and I, I understand where a lot of you are coming from. And I'm just glad that some of the best practices we already have in place at school or head of school is a very experienced lady. I respect her very much. She's doing an amazing job. The first thing she did was get us aligned on our definition of learning and our school mission. And just this week, I was uh, interviewing a couple of students and we talked about doing something with our values. and. They, they couldn't remember them right off the top of their heads. And what they did was that they looked around and I thought, oh, this, this actually worked. Okay. So, yes, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, I think we've, we've, we've all been through, through very, very similar things. And I'm also glad that we have an open door policy. Hmm. That's very, very important. It's critical. And if, if, if this, if it, it doesn't exist at your school, <laughs> fight for it because it really does help smooth things out. Um, we've gone from being a really open school. I don't know what it looks like in your countries, but at ISP before the pandemic, parents would wander freely on our campus, completely mm -hmm. free. And some of them would, I don't know, walk into classrooms. Apparently, I was I wasn't there to to see it. Um, but now they 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 can't go to campus without notifying, and that's been a huge hit on the school. And it's been great that our head of school it has her doors open to openly have these conversations about security with parents. It's a nine hectare campus. It's a big place. You need, and our stakeholders are children. And there are our priority, keeping them safe is our priority. And we just can't have anyone just walking into school and wandering around on our campus. Hmm. Yeah. Great. Any 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 final thoughts there before we move on to the next uh, next question? So that without moving on to, you know, looking at the different tools and strategies that each of you have used, you know, in your varied locations as well. Um, you know, Panama, Korea, Africa. Uh, Mozambique, uh, Spain, and Madrid. Um, you know, how how do these different you know communication strategies maybe depend on the region, or or is there a common thread um, globally? You know, any any sort of similarities or any particular differences depending on 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 where you've worked region wise. Well, the similarity everywhere I would say would be uh, the, the the children. Or <laughs> parents want to hear about the children. They want to hear uh, um, that the children are. Uh, safe, cared for, happy, and succeeding. So that's, I would say, that's uh, about like the the common thing everywhere. Outside of that, I do think that there there are regional differences. Uh, people want to be communicated to differently depending on where they are. The channels might be different. Um, the way uh, what your uh, emphasis is might be different. Uh, uh, the frequency might be different. I mean it. I've, I've worked uh, in Asia for a long time. I've worked in Europe and it looks completely different. Some uh, Europe likes um, the very instant uh, messaging, like the, you know, the very informal 
uh, WhatsApp texting call thing. And I found that in Asia, in both China and Korea, they they like this instant, you know, China is uh, WeChat and Korea is Kakao, but important communication has to be by email. And it's very regional. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but um, that's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure if it, as a region, and if it depends on the region, but I think we have so 72 of 72 nationalities in our school. And I feel that taking so you, they come from all over the world and they will all want different ways of communicating. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to stick to our plans and what works and everything else. But what really does matter is the tone of communication. So there's a really good book, by the way. I'm not not trying to sell it or anything. It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> Culture Map. Um, and it's, I don't know who, uh, I can't remember the author, but I'll find out for you. And it's about decoding how cultural differences impact international schools and businesses. And it's really interesting. I really recommend it. And it's, it's making sure you don't offend or you make sure that, so you don't just celebrate Christmas, you celebrate Hanukkah, you celebrate New Year. Uh, all of those cultural differences that we need to take into account when we communicate, uh, that's something that's really important for us as a school, that we don't miss anybody out. So, you know, sometimes we and we just don't mention the word Christmas at Christmas. It's a winter market or a festive season or, you know, it's it's that sort of thing that we need to be very careful about or and offending people, you know, from different cultures. That to me is important. Yeah, I, I I don't think what is communicated changes across the world. Like Philip, I was in the Philippines, Dubai, and now Southern Africa. Um, I don't think what you communicate changes necessarily, but how it's communicated and the platforms is the is the thing that maybe changes. And that's where you need the input from the parent community to find out what works best over time. Um, and yeah, it's it's not always the same. It, it, it's it you've got to find out how to get that voice across through whether it's Instagram or whether it's to 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 your students or whether it's Facebook to your parents or whether it's email for the official stuff. Um, you've just you've got to you've got to find out what works for you at in that place at that time and and understand that that's going to change very quickly um depending on what happens i think covid changed a lot of how we communicate and how how thing how things happened but also as um people have said already changes in management and leadership um also change how how we communicate but not necessarily what we communicate yeah absolutely elizabeth any any final thoughts your end um, before we move on to the last question well, unfortunately, I have only worked in Panama, so I I can't I can't say anything about the the different uh, the different platforms or the differences when it comes to culture. Sorry. No problem. I think the the theme there though is definitely the, the the local community and listening to what what the parents want from that school, the students what the, what you know how how they want to be communicated to you know that might be different too. So I think yeah like tony like you said it's um that personalized touch is absolutely vital wherever you are in the world that's the the common thread isn't it and you've got to use the tools that work for that that local community and then and then you'll be, you'll and be you know i mean about that like 
like like Sharon said, you, we are all international schools, so we have like many different nationalities, and you cannot you cannot please everybody. You know, there's no way that you can communicate to a way that is satisfactory to every single person, depending on their culture. So it really has to come from uh, your school culture. This is what you define as being how your school. Um, I think one of the mistakes some schools make is that they try to cater to everybody. And by doing so, by trying to be so mindful of not hurting, you know, anybody's feelings and cultural differences, you kind of lose um, your identity as a school. So as long as it's communicated that um, this is who you are and this is what, what kind of school that you are, uh, parents choose to come to your school for that too, regardless of their, um, culture of origin or their home country. So, um, you know, you, you can't cater to everyone. It's just impossible. But in the local context, generally, you know, you don't need to be from that culture to move to a country and suddenly adopt, you know, like I had never heard of cacao chat before. And the second I moved to Korea, like cacao is all I know. You know? So, I mean, even if you're an international family, when you move to that local context, you just naturally adopt that way of communicating as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other point is celebrating your host country and making the most of that. So the culture, yes. the, the things around you is just making the most of what you have around you, making sure that that is embedded as well in, in the culture and the social mm. and the um the learning of of each family that that attends the school so we we mm -hmm. play we really play on that quite a lot that uh, spain and the spanish language and spanish traditions and uh, are very important aspects to school life one I, I, sorry elizabeth yeah okay no worries i just wanted to say that in in regards of what cyril was talking about on um being who we are and it might drive some people away, but it will definitely attract mission aligned families, which is something that we work really hard into, mm -hmm. into getting and moving out in, of rolling at missions. Um, and that's why if, if it's not a thing at your school, I highly, I highly recommend it that everyone, that everyone, we did the work for everyone to know by heart our mission and who we are. Knowing who you are and it is critical to your school culture and to the future of your business as well. Brilliant. Thought it was a little bit, a little bit poor, there, Elizabeth. But um, yeah, we, we just got that. That's um, yeah, great. Thank you. Um, and uh, so final question, you know, just just from each of you, it'd be really interesting to hear your thoughts on just where, where the future you think of parental communications or you know school communications more broadly is is sort of headed into the future with the different trends that we've discussed. Um, be great to get get each of your thoughts just just quickly on that. Um, as a final a final thought. Who'd like okay. to go first? I'll go. Sorry, yeah, do you want to? I yeah. just I just think that uh, tailor making is just so important. Um and and everybody now it's just so immediate information overload and information is everywhere. And we all have it at our fingertips. We and and that's where it's going, you know, it's it's moving in that direction. So I'm I, I just feel that if we don't get that and we don't uh, move with that the times and we don't make sure that everybody is and we're tailor making our, our communications to suit our parents and our students and our staff, 
then we're missing out a little bit. And we're keeping up with all of the platforms and all of the ways of which we can communicate, then we need to do that. It's even talk about TikTok being the next channel for uh, for school uh, promotion. I'm still waiting to see how that's going to work. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, it's just moving with the times and making sure that it's immediate and that we're tailor-making our, our communications to suit each individual parent. I'd say um, I agree, um, but having that balance, I think balance is really important. The balance between um, tailor making it and um, personalizing it and individualizing it, but also celebrating the the whole community. Um, and then I think what a massive thing that needs to happen in many schools um, is the streamlining as well, making sure that you've You've got that vision, you know how you're going to do it and streamline. So, yes, we're celebrating all of the different ways it could be potentially pushed out. But what works for the parent and student community within it, within your school? What What's the best way that you can get to most people most of the time um, and streamline it to that? Because I think one of the biggest complaints of all parents and I'm a a parent of two, one in middle school and one in high school, but it's the, it's the, if you've got too many systems and too many different places to look, it just gets extremely confusing. So if we can streamline, take good practice and, and make it work for your school, for your community, um, then that, that's the best way. But I don't know what, what the answers are. That's just. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say that who knows what the future is of communication. Um, I, I would just say be careful to not jump on the latest trend and fad and like, please stay away from TikTok. It has yeah. no business <laughs> in school communication. <laughs> please TikTok. Has it. anyone used TikTok <laughs> usefully for school comms, interestingly? Not, <laughs> not used... yet, but some of our no. sister schools are starting to use it. Um, wow, and I'm... Okay. Yeah, I'm intrigued, but we'll we'll see. I've, I mean, I've said, and I that's a that's a hill I'm willing to die on. Like over my dead body, will we use TikTok as an official channel? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we we've seen so many of those trends, and they come and go. And um, uh, school, uh, it it remains a place of education, and. You know, uh, we don't, as as communicators, we just need to make sure that the information goes to the families in a timely man and efficient manner. Um, social media is just one part of it. And it's a uh, social media is more a celebratory kind of thing and a promotional tool rather than a communication tool. So um, I don't think... You know, rather it's going to be an app or uh, a portal or emails, um, traditional communication in the 21st century will remain, I, I believe, for um, parent communication and families communication. Yeah, I was I was thinking of it more serial as the uh, WhatsApp, for example. We didn't have WhatsApp yeah. a few years ago. So, you know, you were thinking about future 
I don't know, it could be a hologram of a teacher or it could be a... Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? What happened? <laughs> um, you know, or, or us as communicators are constantly connected 24 hours a day on WhatsApp or hologram messaging. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, things do change. Brilliant. Elizabeth, what about yourself? Well, I, I drove, I, I literally work very near to the jungle. And I drove by it when you asked the question, but I'm guessing we're talking about the future of communications. Yeah. What was that? The young, what was the, what was the, what did you drive by? Um, lots of heavy trees. And oh. <laughs> the rainforest. That's, that's oh, what I did. There's okay. <laughs> a little bit of signal there. Yeah. Um, but in terms, just following on what Sharon and what Cyril are talking about, I think, the future is that we get closer to personalizing somewhat the communication and and doing our best to target that communication towards parents who need it and right now i am switching platforms i only use social media for marketing purposes that's the only reason why i use it yeah, and only intended has at school and what we're switching to is I've, I've come across, it's also in the UK, it's based in the UK called Bidigami. It's got mm-hmm. artificial intelligence and it's compliant with GDPR. And it also merges with Veracross, which is our, our CRM. And that mm-hmm. will allow us, it, it has artificial intelligence, I guess in a year or two, we'll be able to read all of our students' faces. And it has this internal platform where parents can securely um, celebrate our children right now our teachers are afraid of taking photos at school in Panama we went from yeah this is our school this is our campus look at those little children from you can't take photos here um unless they know so they've been we've it's I think it always happens with a transition like this when it when it's security that teachers were very freely taking pictures and videos and now they're like less photos of students <laughs> or only their backs we're working on it. So I think I think the future of communications at school, thinking of all those limits uh, for security purposes, which are there for, for very good reason, would be systems like this. Having the tools and the systems in place to cater to our parents and to give them what they want, when they want it, where they want it, mm. in, a safe, in a safe environment. Fantastic. Wonderful. Any final thoughts from anyone before we... uh, I don't think there's a magic wand, honestly, Max. Yeah. Yeah. We all feel that, you know. It's been fascinating and it's an ever-evolving thing, isn't it? Especially as technology evolves, as communications evolve. It's such a fast, rapidly moving environment. So I think I suppose it's just adapting and choosing the best things at the right time, testing them, iterating, you know, moving on. Sharon, like you said, you know, talking really in depth with your parents when you're developing these tools it is so vital. And that's such a such an interesting piece that, that you guys are doing. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for, for for sharing their insights. And who knows, well, maybe we'll be uh, all in the metaverse or, you know, talking with holograms in the next 10 years. Uh, and we can do this <laughs> in person. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. All. It's been fascinating. And um, yeah, maybe you look, look forward to maybe a part two session uh, sometime early next Yay. year. Thank you once again. Thank um, you so much. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Day.